The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. So this is, this is God, and he's talking to a prophet, and the prophet Jeremiah, he says, he says hey, I, I want you to go, and I want you to talk to my people. I want, you to, I want you to tell them something, and this is what he says. He says, I remember the devotion of your youth. Everyone say devotion. I remember the devotion of your youth and your love as a bride, how you followed me. Everyone say followed me. How you were devoted to me, how you loved me like a bride, how you, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land that is not sown. You see, God, he says, he says, I remember what it used to be like. I remember how it was, how, how, how we were like, like, like newlyweds, like a bride and a groom, like we would walk and you would follow me and you devoted yourself to me and you would, you would go where I would lead you, even if it was in the wilderness, I know the wilderness sometimes is painful, but it's necessary. And so I remember how, how, how when I led you, you were devoted to me and you followed me. And we were together. I, I, sometimes I think when we think of God, sometimes we think that he's just in the sky somewhere and, and he doesn't really have a whole lot of feelings and there's real no emotion for God. He just kind of oversees everything and looks down on everybody and makes sure everybody's in line. And if you get out of line, he'll smack you a little bit, get you back in the line. I think a lot of times when we think of God and we think that he's, he's separated from our, our personal individual lives, and so, so many times we don't, we don't want to bother God, we don't want to upset God, we, we, we don't want to burden God. I was watching a movie this week, and, and, and the lady in the movie, she was, she was in distress, and, and she's driving her car, and she, she basically said, God, if you just do this one thing for me, I'll never ask you for another thing. You ever heard that? I won't bother you. I won't burden you with a knife. If you just do, listen, we have a God who loves us, that loves to be burdened because he's the giver. Listen, and so listen, I think so many times we think, God, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to burden you. But God loves to be burdened. And I believe that God is speaking to us this morning and he's saying to, to many of us, to maybe all of us, I think he's saying, listen, I remember how devoted you were to me. I remember how we were, we were together, how we had this relationship and how, how you would follow me even, even in the wilderness. And then in verse four, he says, he says, what wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness? And became worthless. So many of our lives, I think we can think back to a time where we were really connected with God. And we look back and say, man, remember, remember when I'm like, I can, I can think back of a time where I was on fire for God and I was, I was willing to go where God wanted me to go. I was willing to do whatever God wanted me to do. And I was passionate for God and I loved God. And I want to be with God. I mean, I mean, look at that guy. Look at those people. Look at that girl. Look at those, look at those kids. Look at how, how passionate and how on fire they are with God. I remember I used to have that and God saying, I know we did. I remember your devotion. I remember how you followed me. 
But, but what happens is, is like we had this devotion, like, like, like when we first got married to Christ, we would be walking on the beach, you know, hand in hand, like on our honeymoon. You know what I'm saying? Like that time. But, but what happened was something. I mean, something happened. I mean, maybe we, we got busy or got friends and go to school and get jobs and, and really they don't satisfy and so we just keep, keep running and keep running and keep chasing. And listen, I, I know this is church, but I'm asking you to just be honest. Can, can we be honest that there's, there's something that really draws us into? There's something that really pulls on our hearts and our affections and our passions for God? I mean, there, there's something in this world, and, and not only is it in this world, but it's in me, and, and then it just kind of pulls us, like something else begins to entice us and say, hey, no, 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 come this way. I mean, there's something in this world that just constantly pulls on me, and, and God is saying, God is saying in this text, he says, don't you remember how devoted you were? How, 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 we, how we used to go and, and walk and live and how I, how, I, how I loved you and how you gave yourself to me and how you followed me. And then, he, and then he just basically says, but what happened? He, he says, what did I do? What would I do that made you leave me? Well, what did I do that would make you walk away? What, what, what did I do to make you, what, what fault did you find in me, he says. That you would chase and pursue other lovers. Look, look in verse 11. He says, has a nation changed their gods? Even though they're not even gods. Have you changed your, your love relationship with me for something else? I mean, have, have you pursued other glory? He says, has a nation changed their God? My people, they've, they've changed their glory for that which does not even profit. Be appalled, oh heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. Don't you see? He says, what did I do to make you chase these other things? And God says, God says why would you run away from me? Why would you run? In verse six, it talks about how how God brought us out of the wilderness. It talks about how, how God brought us out of the darkness and into the light. How God brought us out of the dry seas and out of the desert and into himself. He says, don't you remember how I did that for you? Don't you remember how I delivered you? He said, where did I go wrong? What did I do to make you leave so quickly? Verse 13 he says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, which means they've abandoned me. They've left me. My, my people, they've, they've forsaken me. The fountain of living waters. And they've, they've hewed out cisterns for themselves. And, and, and they're broken cisterns. They're broken cisterns because, because they don't even hold water. They hold no water. And God says, God says listen, hey, you, you've, you've committed two sins. You, you've forsaken me. You've abandoned me. We've left him. We've cheated on him. We've chased other lovers. And, and, and listen, I don't, think, I don't think the temptation is what gets God here. Because we're all tempted. We're all drawn. But what I think really gets God here is that he's saying, listen, not only were you tempted, but you actually wanted them above me. Not only did you leave me, but you actually craved other things besides me. And so, 
And so you, you left me. You wanted these things above me because you thought that you could somehow dig a hole big enough. Like somehow you could, you could carve out for yourself this cistern and fill it up with like passions and pleasures and the things like, like somehow you could fill this hole up, this void in your life with the things of this world, thinking that they would satisfy other than me. And you don't even see it that it doesn't even hold water. It says, don't you see it? It doesn't even, doesn't even fill up. It never will fill up. It's a, there's a hole in the bottom of it. He says, you chase, you, you pursue these things, these other passions. He says, don't you see? You've devoted your life to digging and striving and chasing with things that will never, ever fill you. He says, I'm the fountain of the living water. Like, I'm the source of all life, and you would trade that for this? It doesn't even sound, I mean, it doesn't even work. So God, he's saying it doesn't sustain you, it never will. And hear me, because we're all tempted, aren't we? I mean, have you ever been there? I mean, we're all tempted, and every one of us are really drawn away from the things of God. I mean, if we're honest, we, we, every one of us has this pull. It's, it's like our, our hearts are like, like idol factories, constantly trying to produce another idol that would somehow satisfy us. Listen, it starts at a very, very, very young age. Right? This kid or this friend or this, this sibling, they got something I want, so I take it, I bite it, give me that. Right? You do what you need to do to get that thing, and you finally get the thing, it doesn't satisfy, and then you want something else. And then you want something else, and you're like, okay, well, maybe if I, if I get good grades, I can go to school. If I get into the school, then, oh, man, then, and then if I, and then I get there, and it's like, it doesn't satisfy, and so I need, to, I need to make some money, and I make some money, and it doesn't satisfy, and then I'm like, oh, I need to find someone to spend my life on. I need, I need a husband, or I need a wife, and then you get in, and you're like, oh, this, this is not doing it, and then you're like kids, and then you make your little, little kid idols. If I just had that. And we live our lives making one idol out of the next. And he says, don't you, don't you realize that those things were never created or given to you to finally satisfy you? I'm the source of life. I'm the source of joy. I'm the fountain. All of those other things were given to you by my grace, not to, not to satisfy you completely, but to reflect my glory. And so he, he's, he says, you've put your relationships your things, your idols, above a pursuit of me. We have these things that pull our hearts. And if we could admit the reality is that there is this real pull. I, I, don't, I don't think the people in this text are saying, you know, it's not like we don't love God. And I'm not standing up here saying, saying I don't love God. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't love God. But can we really, can we really be honest and say... But there is this draw. I mean, I mean, there is really this pull. I mean, it's real. And I think if we were honest, we would say, man, there is this real draw. And it's not only around us, but it's in us. And so many times I would say, God, I love you. I mean, I, I, you know I love you, but, but what's wrong with me? Did just me, anybody else do that? I mean, you find yourself being wooed and tempted and pulled in to, to chase these things. And I, and I say, man, I know this thing won't satisfy me in my head. 
Even in my heart, maybe even I, I know this thing won't fulfill me. I know this thing won't satisfy. But, 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 but what's wrong with me? Why do I want it so badly? Am I the only one? And, and, so, and so I find myself saying, God, what do I, like, what do, I do here? Listen, what do we do when we find ourselves drawn and tempted to, to dig out these cisterns and fill it up with other pleasures? Like, what do we do? Well, I think we need to fight. So today, in our first service of 2018, I want to I encourage you to fight. I want to challenge you to fight a good fight. That as you, as you start to make resolutions and even step in to the things that you want to fulfill this year, listen, fight a good fight. Fight this fight, this fight of, of worldly things over God, other lovers, other God, over passions, over God. Paul encourages Timothy in his first book to him in chapter six. He says, he says flee from the empty desires of this world. He says they, they get you like a snare, like fangs. They, they suck you in. He's like, he's like, flee from it. He's like, flee from the empty desires. Flee from the, from the, from the wanting of success or the, or the desire of accomplishing or achieving or, or making promotions for yourself. He says, flee from all that. Flee from, from just chasing a comfortable lifestyle for you and your family because there's more. It will never satisfy It'll never fulfill you. And he, he, says, he says, pursue Jesus. He says, but rather, pursue Christ. Pursue godliness. Fight the good fight. Take hold of Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Set your hope on Jesus so that you may take hold of what is true life. That's what he says. Listen, we want to fight this good fight. And this fight It's not just our fight. Listen, it's your fight. I can't fight this fight for you. I can't. I mean, mean, this is your fight. You're going to have to do the real work. You're going to have to do the real hard work that says, man, this is my fight. I want Jesus more than these things. I know Jesus will satisfy me. I I need to pursue Jesus. And so this, this, listen, this fight, your fight, it's only fought on your knees. It's only fought when we come to the throne of grace and surrender ourselves completely and say, oh God, would you help me fight? Would you help me fight this good fight? The only way that we're going to have victory over the temptations in the pools of this world is actually experience that Jesus is better. When we experience the power and the presence of God, we will experience a power that allows us to fight a good fight. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to devote the rest of our service to just that, to fighting a good fight. Today, we want to devote the rest of our service to to this call that says, hey, where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? I'm going to challenge every one of us to to fight a good fight and and ask you just to spend some time because so many times we get so busy and so busy and we just come in and do church and listen, listen, we just sit in these rows and you watch me get excited about some stuff and then then you go out and you go to lunch and then that's, that's it. But listen, I want to devote the rest of our time today to helping you fight a fight 
that you need to fight. I want to help you just focusing on your love relationship with Jesus so that you can be all that God has called you to be. Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and you're saying, Eric, man, I have tried that. I've tried church. I've tried religion. I've tried to do the thing. And listen, I am exhausted. Listen, maybe today is the day you just simply surrender to him. That you just open your hands and you just open your arms and you just open your heart and you say, God, I surrender. I don't want to dig anymore. I don't want to pursue anymore. I need you. And so, and so maybe you're here today and you said, man, I've been in church a long time, but I've never really surrendered my life to Jesus. Maybe I prayed a prayer once or I did something when I was a kid, but really Jesus doesn't have my heart. Maybe that's where you start today. Maybe that's where you come today and say, I need to come by faith in Jesus because the good news is this is that Jesus died for all the ways that we ran astray. The Bible says that every one of us has turned to his own, like, like, like a sheep has gone astray. Every one of us has gone away from God. Every one of us has chased other things. But Jesus didn't leave us out in the wilderness. The Bible says that he actually came for us. That he came and he he didn't come, listen, to condemn us. He came to save us. He says, says, I know that you've run away. I know that you've dug other cisterns. I know that you've chased other passions. Listen, you're condemned already. I'm not coming to condemn you. I'm coming to save you. And for all the ways that we've gone astray, he took the penalty of. The Bible says that, that he who knew no sin became sin, so that in him we become the righteousness. That's a great exchange, isn't it? That the righteous would die for the unrighteous. And as he takes the wrath penalty of God upon himself, he gifts the unrighteous his righteousness. Like he makes us pure and holy without spot or blemish here's the deal is we we need to come and say god i need you maybe for others if you're honest you've given your life to jesus but really as you look back at 2017 or you look forward to this year you you've made plans to dig bigger holes you, you you're trying to dig you're trying to fill and, and colossians chapter three is a great chapter he says, he says, if you've been raised with Christ, fight. It, it, doesn't say, it, doesn't say, it doesn't say, okay, do these things in order to be raised with Christ. He says, if you have been raised with Christ, set your eyes, set your mind, set your thoughts on things that are above where Christ is. Set your heart on the things that are above, not on the things of this world. Pursue Jesus, he says. If you've really been raised, then let's go after him. Let's chase him. Let's go after him with our whole hearts. And so today, I'm asking you to spend the rest of the service, listen, to maybe get out of your comfort zones a little bit and really get honest of fighting this good fight and fighting this fight on your knees and on your face before God. That today, the Holy Spirit would come and lead us into repentance, that he would increase our faith so that we could truly experience that Jesus is better than it all. Will you pray with me? Lord, 
we can only come because of your grace. We can only call upon your name because, because of your mercy. But today we receive it by faith that it is true. That everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That you hear us. That you are faithful. That you are just. That if we confess our sins, you will forgive them. Today, oh God, I want to be a man and we want to be a people. We want to be a church that fights a good fight. It starts right here with me. Me being honest with you. Me being, being vulnerable to say, God, Spirit, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I want to fight. I want to fight. Today, if you're here, I'm going to just simply ask that you don't forsake this time.